Thank you to everyone joining us today who will be here. We'll start having people trickle in. Hello, Jimmy. Um, this is the Best Friend Show. Um, this is our live recording. We do these every um, fourth Saturday or the last Saturday of the month uh, here on Fireside. And then you can also hear additional episodes um, on the Best Friend Show podcast. It's the Best Friend Show with Katrina Davis or BF Show with KD on social media and what have you. Um, but yeah, today I'm very excited to have with me um, Brie and her best friend who we, get, we will get to shortly, but Brie Pruitt, friend and fellow comedian. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Very excited to be here. Fireside with you. How have you been? I'm doing well. Are you able to hear me? Yeah. Great, great, great. Um, what else has been going on? Wow. Um, yeah. I have hosted a podcast previously called You Can Do It With Pre Pruitt. It's a pep talk podcast. Yes. <laughs> And that has been really nice. It's on a little bit of a hiatus because we are kind of resuming stand-up comedy, which is my primary passion. Yes, agreed. So it's uh, interesting to be back when L.A. comedy is opening back up. I'm actually doing a little bit of traveling. I'm going up to the Pacific Northwest to do some stand-up um, dates in early April. So if you're in Portland or Seattle, come out. Yay. Yeah, I um have also actually with this podcast, I have two different podcasts. This is the second one. And I uh, currently the fireside shows have been kind of the reason that I have anything to even potentially put out. Um, And I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out a new schedule for them and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. And now I'm overwhelmed again and don't want to leave the house. Um, so I hope anyone who is listening and feels the same way uh, can learn from my example, which is, yeah, your introverted and social anxiety tendencies are probably returning to you. And that's okay. Well, we can at least kind of get started um, with because I feel like you as my friend are someone who is very um, I don't know, well-versed in even describing emotions and how you're feeling about certain things in the moment. So we can start with just uh, what do you um, consider something that like, what's something that makes you consider someone a friend instead of an acquaintance? Like when does that kind of happen? Well, I am pretty um picky about people who I let in real close so mm. I would say um there will come a point in most of my casual friendships where I ask for something a little bit um more tender and it'll be, I don't think I do this intentionally but I think it's a test oh but you, like you said, you're not consciously doing it, but after you do it, are you like, oh, depending on how this person responds, like, I just kind of put myself out there. We're going to see how this goes. 
Yeah. And I think that's pretty common in most people's like intimacy work where you're protected and then you try to let that protection down a little bit and see what happens. And that's really common to talk about in romantic relationships that there's this escalator, you know, that Mm -hmm. is uh, in sort of the the dialogue right now about romantic relationships is that you get on, you write it to the top. And I think friendships can, can be viewed similarly, but I don't think we put the same pressure on our friendships and maybe that's why they're better. (laughs) Yes. I think that you can definitely be in, it's way easier to be in a friendship and very, I don't think I've ever had a conversation, maybe a few with a friend where they're talking about a platonic relationship and they're just like, I just don't know where this is going. Like you can kind of be in a very chill state of friendship for way longer than you can romantic relationships and like allow maybe a more, a a stronger build, a stronger foundation to form before you like start, yeah, wanting more. One thing about doing stand-up comedy and before that doing theater, sketch comedy, improv comedy, is mm. that folks through their work are being very vulnerable and yes. tender. <laughs> and so there is this false intimacy of, if anybody has done community theater in the house, you know that <laughs> after four weeks, you might you know, say goodbye to everybody and there'll be tears. It's like camp, you know, it's a very intense connection yes. and then it's over. I was going to say, so, I've had like jobs yeah. that felt that way. And I was like, even the job itself wasn't good, but I loved everyone else there so much that I like cried when I left. And I could see on their faces that they're more used to like these monthly jobs where they were like, okay, weirdo. And I was like, no, we're friends now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of a thing you learn um, mm. to either, you know, work with a group for short periods of time. I know that there's some people who um, like travel and do trainings or, you know, speak somewhere or, or be a professor for a limited time. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard adjustment, I think at first until you get used to that just sort of release process. So for me, when we make all these colleagues in stand-up comedy that are such interesting, cool people, I, do entertain the idea of like, let me bring them in full time, but it really takes a special person to, to come in full time because I'm used to that intensity and then kind of letting relationships be what they need to be. Uh, Yeah. Which can also kind of feel on the other end. Like, do you feel like you've ever had people react like they feel worse about something like that than you do and you're more okay with it running its course i have uh, an affliction which you probably know of (laughs) which is that most people feel safe around me Mm. and it could be that i look like their favorite aunt um but it's it's probably that i'm a i'm a chubby woman (laughs) but But that like safety makes people totally fine with emotionally dumping their shit on me and then (laughs) piecing out. So I've never really had a person that was like, 
hey, I thought we were friends, you know? It's just always like, okay, bye, I feel great now. Oh, okay. They never kind of look back after that. You're always just left being, like, the nice, amazing person that, like, helped them. I guess. <laughs> and just, like, let the them point, go on their merry way. The point that I was trying to make is that it's not that they're not looking back. It's that they are totally comfortable having a casual friendship with me where they will sh- overshare. <gasps> okay. And it doesn't need to be a best friendship or even a two-way friendship for them. Okay. So that's a boundary that I need to continue to attune. Right. Oh, okay. So I guess that's what I was trying, I was right. making in my own head is how does that make you feel? Are you okay with that? Not always. Um, mm. <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm down for that kind of connection. I really do like yeah. one-on-one hangs. I would rather have someone trauma dump on me than go to a party than where I don't know very many people. <laughs> now this is a party, just some girl crying in the park, <laughs> AKA me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the bitch who finds the upset person in the bathroom. Yes, you are. Okay. This yeah. is the thing though. Cause before I was going to say, and I think it's maybe both of these things put together is what you said. You absolutely do. You are definitely the person who, like you said, through whatever kind of cosmic whatever finds those people definitely but also you and I don't know if it's through performances or what but like you yes and real life so Hmm. like people will tell you stuff because I feel like you do this with me like I can tell you anything and you're kind of be like well, yeah, man, I can kind of see you feeling that way about that. Even if you kind of disagree with it and kind of come back about, you know, some other point of view or something that you're not considering, you will absolutely accept like whatever someone brings to the table, which probably is like the second certain people, depending on your personality, get that. Yes. It's like, oh, it's fucking on. I'm about to tell this girl all the unacceptable stuff about me. (laughs) Yeah, that's safety I'm providing, you know? Um, The way you- A lot of it comes from the yes, because I've experienced that personally. And it's like, yeah, anything that I say, Brie will like support me in right now, kind of. Great to know about the yes. Um, (laughs) One thing that I've learned from the children on TikTok is that thing that I do, which is like, yes, definitely yes anding what people are saying to me. Um, Definitely like active listening with my face and body. Yes. And that is also sometimes called fawning, which is a trauma response. (laughs) I was about to say, because I've heard that term multiple times, but like also in more romantic things. So what exactly is that? So it's my understanding that it's a way of controlling people the way if you were maybe a child or a younger person in a situation where somebody was emotionally erratic. And so you would perform in a certain way to keep their emotions, you know, predictable. And so fawning is a thing where you're like very kind, very sweet. You're giving a lot of facial and physical cues that you're focused on this person. Um, And I am not always doing this when I'm afraid of the person or think they're erratic at all, but I think it is definitely a control thing. Boy, these five people listening to us here live are really getting a lot. Um, 
<laughs> inside stuff about my life. I know this is going to go out to the public community, so maybe I just need to not be so tender. But, you know, you pull it out of me, Katrina. Talking about friendship. Well, so that's kind of, I was about to say, this podcast is absolutely about relationships and all of that. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've had maybe three episodes in a row where someone's mentioned a death. Like, it's great. Don't even. Um, <laughs> because you describing that did make me realize that I also use those in both ways. I will use those to control yeah. situations in terms of like getting people to feel a certain way, whether it's to stop talking to me or know that I'm upset without me actually having to verbalize that I'm upset. Like I'm constantly using my facial cues to control people and, or attempt to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not to um, say that men don't have complicated um, communication systems too, but I do think that there's something about being a woman um, that you're taught to be really receptive when you're listening to people just just socialized you know to be very um yeah a, a receiver to somebody else who you're talking to right and so now so my best friendships are someone who i'm like i can go totally the other way with where i'm like i feel my best friendships is i feel very comfortable calling you dumping on you because you know that it rarely happens and I will always be available for you but really feeling that safety to open up is gold and knowing that someone knowing that your friend knowing what your friends are to other people I think allows you to sometimes be that friend for people even if I'm like all Brie does is do this for other people you know what I mean yeah so it's like, even if you feel that way and then try to apologize for it, it's like, dude, all you do is listen to people do this. How could you not understand that you also need to do this sometimes? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't fly. Um, and then mm. it's, it's a death knell in a friendship for me when I don't feel safe because of various actions. And I can be another trauma thing is like, I can be a little hyper vigilant and really um, am sensitive to, to being slighted by a close friend. Oh, um, yes. And, I am yeah. this also. Like, I am hype, and I am noticing this the older I get, how quickly, like, how reactive I am. And it's all basically just my feelings being hurt. But it's just like, I will right. pull the plug on so much shit the second I feel like my feelings are hurt. Yes. I, I, my thing also is, which is really triggering is values. If I feel like I'm really close with someone whose values are dissecting from mine yes. for whatever reason. Uh-huh. That makes me feel I'm like, like that's I it. was, I totally, even if I try to not necessarily judge the person for whatever their thing is, I'll be like, Oh, I completely misjudged this situation by not seeing this earlier, even, you know, oh, interesting. I mean? like, for me, like, mm, you got me. I should have known oh, you got in me. some way that, you know what I mean? That, like you yeah. said, we were going to, I didn't realize you were this kind of person that would think this about, you know what I mean? X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I mean, what I have, I I did come up with a couple of rules um, for friendship based Mm. on this experience. And one of them Mm. was just like, you you can't really have someone in your life where you're not able to celebrate with them fully your own thing. 
So Ooh. if you have a friendship in your life and you get a big win, do you feel any type of way about telling that person? Are oh, you, wow. do you feel like that person is not going to be able to fully celebrate your wins? Then that's mm. not a friend. That can't be a friendship that works. And it might've been a friendship that worked at one time. So my, yeah. And I really like to just let those, those folks go with love and, mm-hmm. and, and I can see yeah, you, especially developing that kind of process being a comic because I feel like a lot of things change in comedy people especially when you're not even starting out super early but once you like are really taking comedy seriously and are building friendships and people start staying in and really investing and moving up and down and start like you're saying seeing people win is when you really see what kind of friend and person someone is and how they react to that. And even if they just quietly bow out and you're just kind of like, oh, wow, that's sad. You know what I mean? Because you kind of feel why. Yeah. I mean, for real. But I feel like you would experience more of that than possibly, you know. Yeah. Well, there's a, you know, much has been said about the character traits that get people into this art form. And certainly one of them (laughs) is insecurity and (laughs) feeling less than. So if you are encountering a comedian that is not able to celebrate you, because they yep. are too insecure, um, that is not uncommon. Because um, I'll check myself. I'll like watch someone get a post and be like, "Ooh, how do I feel about that? Like, why?" Or if I find myself not really being a huge fan of someone, I'll be like, "Is it because I'm feeling a way about something that they're doing, or do I just genuinely not?" You know what I mean? I'm so many, yeah, so many achievement feelings in this business that it's like its own spiritual practice really um to like work with your jealousy and what a gift um but (laughs) but it's tough it's it's really really emotionally tough so i think having um the people who i i know who to call if i get a win and i want to hear from somebody i know who to call right Mm. now you know you're on the list katrina just you wait Oh yeah, I'm down with that. Because here's the thing is I do like reasons to get excited. So it's like, I can't imagine you telling me anything. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like the only time I've ever not had the right amount of enthusiasm for someone is out of sheer ignorance. Like people will tell me things and I'm like, is that good? Like, I don't know what that thing is. And yeah. then I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's something, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like that's the, I, like you said, in terms of friends, because yeah. they're your friends. So you normally will know, one, you've already decided that you like this person. Two, it's somebody that you know well enough to know when they work hard. And you know what I mean? Yeah. You have at some point been a window into this person and already, if you're a good friend, feeling like they're deserving of whatever they're telling you about. So, Right. And... You, you but know, that's it's... definitely a good thing to keep track of because I have, the second you said it, I was like, oh shit, because I've definitely had things happen and then kind of like pause and then like, oh, and not that this person was going to get jealous or anything, but being like, did they care about this? Like, mm-hmm. what is, you know what I mean? What will I, will I gain what I'm looking for from a friend from telling this person or will it not matter? You know what I mean? That's a really important first question. Um, and that's something mm. that I had to learn about a lot as a performer, which, which is like, you know, um, 
I'm sure most of you, if you get a job that you want or you get a apartment that you've been wanting, you know, you you call your friend, maybe you call your mom, maybe you call somebody who, you know, has known you for a long time to just kind of update them on your life story. Like, this is what's mm-hmm. happening with me. And then also mm-hmm. to celebrate you. Mm-hmm. In stand-up comedy, there are so many weird little achievements and um and it's and it's not even really clear what we all want and want to do, um, but it's it does seem like we're all kind of fighting for limited resources, and that mm. can be a source of adverse feeling, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't remember what I was go- where I was going with that exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it um, because it's true in terms of. Um, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, yay. It's like the, um, it's like when you call your mom or you call your friend, you know, what, just to know what you're looking for from that interaction. You know, if I, if, Mm. if you call your dad, maybe you're looking for approval, frankly, (laughs) or Uh your mom, you know, and if you're calling your best friend, are you trying to get some celebration or are you, you know, is it like, Hey, remember when we auditioned for that thing 10 years ago? Well, I finally got it. You know, is Mm -hmm. it like a a moment to share, to, to celebrate with someone who knows all of all that you've been through? Because if you told someone that you met, you know, a a week ago that you got this thing, they know you as that person. So they, they Mm -hmm. think you're a winner already. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense that you would get that thing. Um, Uh so it's really, it's, as I get older, I, I really try to keep a a sharp eye on why I'm doing something, my intention behind something. And, you know, is this like kind of an empty ask, you know, if I'm really just looking for approval from my parents, I don't need that. I'm 38. So I'll just, Uh (laughs) I'll just not do that. And, um, and meditate or just like, you know, take myself out for coffee, you know, um, Oh, it's, and like find some other way to celebrate that isn't looking for it. In approval seeking. I think, um, I think approval seeking is different than celebrate with me. Um, yeah. Okay. Very like, true. Tell me that I'm good and worthy is not always the healthiest motive. Um, because mm-hmm. of course, you know, ultimately we, we want people in our life. Well, this is what I think the goal of friendship is, is to, mm. um, you know, have people who love you, um, unconditionally, even if you didn't achieve anything. Yes. For the rest of your life, even if you were, you know, uh, uh, talk about, drunk. Okay, I'm about to have a, I'm about to have a dorky ass moment, but tell me literally a quote from a show that I like called raised by wolves. Oh, I love raised by wolves. Kids. You do. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll talk about it I haven't watched the season two yet, but I liked the first season. Oh, yeah. Snap. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll definitely talk. <laughs> Because season two just ended, but it, at one point, um, Campion is talking to one of the androids and says, like, you don't have to be useful. Like, you deserve to be here just for existing. And I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, the stuff they're making these people say is the best. It's a sci-fi show. If you're watching and you like that kind of stuff, check it out. Uh-huh. HBO Max. <laughs> it's so good. Um, But... I really appreciate um, all of those observations about looking like what you are looking for and from a friend and the different people that, you know, you can actually get that from effectively. Um, yeah. So 
when it comes to the close, like the, the friends that you're closer to in your life, do you feel like you immediately liked them or do you feel like it's you are adverse to people at first and then you end up liking them, the, of the people that you're closest to? Interesting. Um, I thought you might ask me. So I, so for the, for the listeners, I had a best friend yeah. lined up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. A I best, love you. No, we'll no. Do another one. Another, yeah. Yeah. Like, non-live one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have Alex back, but um, I, I will say that I had a different best friend lined up, not Alex who oh, okay. was not able to join us because she has three kids and works in law enforcement. So has to kind of keep a, a, you know, a lid on things. A <laughs> so, uh, but she's one of the good apples, just in case you were wondering. Um, she's, she's very good, good law enforcement. We love her, but um, yeah. And I was thinking about her and Alex and I don't know if I took to them initially that mm. Fondly, and they're both earth signs. Um, I'm a water sign, and please don't turn off if you're adverse to astrology. <laughs> I won't talk about it too much, but um, essentially, I'm like very emotional, woo woo, spiritual, and they're both very mm -hmm. practical people. Mm. So I'm not sure what they liked about me at first. I'm sure that I'm <laughs> so um, a we the weirder presence in their life, but. Um, yeah, I, I definitely take a while. I think probably both to warm up to and to be warmed up to. I will say um, something I've never, I don't think, well, maybe, I don't think I have ever told you this, but do you, when we first met in LA, we met at a show and then talked for a really long time afterwards. And I was like, that girl is really cool. I can't tell if she had as good of a time as I did. <laughs> Because I was fawning. That's so funny. I probably See? didn't say anything. I was just like listening no, and actively listening. there was listening. only three of us. Like you what were, show you was were it? probably doing a lot of it. It was a little show in like, in like a, a vintage clothing store, possibly. <gasps> but it was me, you, and John Pridmore, uh, a fellow comic also. Nice man. Um I think it was John. I'm almost positive it was John. And that was the first time I met you. And then like after they closed and left, we just like stood outside in the streetlight and talked for a while because you had just moved here. And then I was like, I wonder if I'll ever see that girl again. Like she's oh. really nice, but I can't really tell if she had as good a time talking. Like I couldn't tell if I was keeping you or not. But like you're saying, it was like your face looked like you were having fun. <laughs> and you were talking a little but it was kind of like, is she just like having conversation because she just moved here and just needs to talk to whoever will talk to her? Because I know what it's like to move here. You know what I mean? I definitely, when I moved here, I was really open to kind of talking to whoever and hanging yeah. out and being like kind of generally yes. social in a way that I am not now. <laughs> Got it. More intentionally social now. And I think that's yes. kind of a vibe here in Los Angeles and cities where people are always moving to them um mm. new newly you know they've got like a open gentrification door um like <laughs> you know new york la and bigger cities um mm. yeah i i was at a party uh you know the city's opening back up it was some sort of hollywood hills stand-up show and i ended up talking to some actor all night <laughs> and it wasn't that like friendship conversation it was like just a just two artists 
getting heavy about a subject and uh, and that's fun too you know that person can be my best friend for 20 minutes and yeah and that's good for me that works for me okay as long as it's not too personal it's not too heavy I can hang yes. if it's about any other heavy thing like the environment or the you know the meteor that's going to kill us all like that's even fine it's not draining to me if it's not yeah. personal because if it's personal and I get hooked in um, it can mm -hmm. get into my body and that's just a uh, boundary work that I have mm, what do you mean like you'll feel sick about it yeah I'll feel tired uh, I feel sick um, yes oh definitely tired definitely I not get yeah. my energy I remember the first time I heard about where you get your energy from in terms of someone that people my whole life described as so extroverted right and being like, no, people make me so tired. Like, Yeah. And, and I, I feel like it's that part of you that is like the Lego part, the connector part, you know, the, the little button part that, that locks into the butt of the other one. <laughs> right. Right. The plug, <laughs> the, little, the, little nub, the little nub plug, the little nub plug. Yeah. The emotional one, not the sexual organs um <laughs> your, your heart nub your heart nub plug. yeah your little heart your little heart um okay not gonna say a disgusting word um anyway <laughs> your little heart hole and i do feel that if you're uh i know we hate the word empath now but if you're if you have a tendency <laughs> and let's 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 banish the word empath and just say if you have a tendency to be open emotionally in a way that affects you physically when you hear from mm -hmm. other people, then you mm -hmm. can't be doing that all the time. Right. Or because you need to work you, that out. Because I would say I am not an empath because I sometimes the thing that drains me is like not necessarily being like, oh my God, I feel exactly how this person feels. It's like the just the way my brain works not like I'm trying to be funny on purpose and then I'm tired of being funny but like if we are at a dinner yeah. where we like even accidentally have a great time and riff all night but like it's me and you carrying a table of like 10 people and they're like oh my gosh those two girls were so funny I will be so tired I won't be like let's go to the store and like do a set like I feel like there's people yeah. that get energy from that and I do not get energy from that well it's <laughs> tennis and I think that it's tennis you're like literally volleying you know the conversation mm -hmm. but I also want to point out that the way we because I just realized this because there are a lot of comedians that could do what you just described and be totally fine mm -hmm. um, a comedian that comes mm -hmm. to mind is Jack Knight mm. <laughs> that dude can talk all night in a green room and like be the star mm -hmm. of the show and be totally unaffected yes. by it. And some, and yes. I think that's because he's not doing it for us. He's doing it for him. Yeah, I got you. And I'm by the way, this is just, uh, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't know Jack that well, but I just know he's a hilarious mm. comedian who's amazing at holding court and he'll do it all <laughs> night. And this is strictly green room observation. <laughs> yeah, strictly green room observation. And there are other people who do this, you know, it's not, it's definitely not just this person, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's an interesting thing, but I think it's probably that activeness that we, that hypervigilance that we were talking about where, yeah, you're taking care of 10 people at a table. Your peripheral vision is focused on all those people you're focused on your other person. You're also thinking about, okay, when is the check coming? When do we need to wrap up? Yeah. 
Like there's a lot go, and I did, it's so funny because it is, I'm not all a hundred, like mm, if I've maybe had like a couple of Proseccos, I might get that distracted by the conversation, yeah. but I will probably still be like, oh, we're being really loud or, ooh, we need to bust yes. our table a little bit. Like I'm still thinking of all of those things while people are getting like riled up and stuff. And it, I was just about to bring up alcohol because I think alcohol dulls everything that's in the periphery so that you can kind of just have that social experience without mm. having being hyper vigilant about how everybody's feeling how you know because then it's a social experience that's more for you um i don't drink See? because i'm allergic oh, and i wish ah. that i did a lot of times for that experience eh. Here's the thing. I love hard kombuchas. Would love for June Shine to sponsor me in any capacity. But other than that and a few like bubbly drinks, I am kind of down with um, personally abstaining for I feel like it, it sometimes will make me kind of like fuzzy, like you're saying that blurring the periphery, but I'm so anxiety ridden. Yeah. Because alcohol heightens all of that for me, even if it's delayed, even oh. if it's once I get home and try to sleep, I can't sleep. And I'm just like reliving everything that I did, wishing that I said different stuff, feeling like, oh, yeah, that was stupid. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. do so much of that. And it took me a while to figure out that um, it was like mildly alcohol. alcohol induced, but yeah, mm. it's weird. That's I have very to, like, interesting. Look more into why it stimulates uh, my brain in such a like uh, insecure way. Yeah, it's like, funny that the idea of being like I'm the life of the party. It's like it does not make me like mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I get We're... very quiet. I like yeah. Mm. Mm. I okay yes this this tracks. I think it's probably you're trying to override what the alcohol is doing. <laughs> And probably yeah. because you're a light drinker that it's, I am. you're able to do that because at a certain point, the alcohol just does its work, I think, and we'll just shut it everything just, down. And then maybe I'm the next, next day fighting it. All right. the time. <laughs> I think that's what I do too. And that's what makes me so sick is that I will fight it and not be comfortable with that feeling. But I bet it would, even if you did get shithoused, the next day you'd feel gross and anxious in the same yes. way. Yeah. And hyper regretful. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, wait, are y'all for real not feeling none of that? Because, wow, I get it. Um, okay. But... And then one other thing about this is that I listened to this podcast about the function of alcohol in society and mm. how for a long time when we were um, pre-agricultural as humans, we did not trust each other um, tribally, you know? And the yeah. beginning of agriculture, they started brewing alcohol and gathering tribes together and the alcohol allowed them to collaborate because otherwise and they trust. would feel suspicious of each other. Yes, like it and lowered their inhibitions enough for them to get a different kind of crop that they right. weren't Well, to before. eventually root instead of um, instead of being nomadic gatherers. Oh. It allowed them to root and the first crops were alcohol producing crops. So it, it, it the implication is like agriculture led to societies 
but also alcohol some of the alcohol paved the way yeah some of the cross-tribal relationships that's amazing yeah and it makes me want to drink frankly (laughs) i wish i could but it's like but again because of all the other stuff that we said it's like we're now in a different place where we have a whole bunch of other things swimming around in our head so much than they did with just like like you're saying even that your main paranoia is on the level of just straight up safety yeah and that being like okay now that that's out of the way let's freaking talk about some food and like maybe building a house with a foundation like that is yeah and frankly interesting that's where we started this conversation talking about safety and how I am a person who makes people feel safe and I'm You're such a good podcaster. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I smoke weed, you know, make those connections. I mean, so do I, but I wasn't really going to do all that. I'm doing the part of the high person where you just go, dude, what? Whoa, what? This is crazy. (laughs) It's my podcast. You're blowing my mind. Um, No, you're right, though. Yeah. And, and there's so much associated with safety. It's, it's a big theme in my life right now about feeling safe in the body, like sleep, um, digestion, so many things are related to just feeling okay, which is, you know, a really important reason that people should start building these friend families and, and family families. Yeah. And family families. <laughs> I do feel like uh, I went after uh, thing, when things first started opening back up, Last summer, I went back to Baltimore and I hadn't seen my family in like, I don't know, 10 years maybe. And it was this like level of emotion I was not expecting to feel more connected to my cousins, to like feel more connected while acknowledging a major disconnect because I'm like, the dorky cousin that grew up in the suburbs and I didn't grow up in Baltimore. So like, I feel very detached from most of my family, Mm. but um, being with them and just like hanging out and drinking and eating crabs was like something that I never would have been like, I need this. You know what I mean? But I like really, it was really nice to just like be with my family and my mom and my dad who are like really kind of, most of my most of my immediate family is my mom, my dad, and my grandma. So I'm a very close circle person, also. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a need to. And we yeah. drank beer because I did feel kind of paranoid, and it lowered my safety enough to, uh, yeah, hang out yeah. with my cousins and like make friends with them on Instagram. So yeah, that and ultimately, like <laughs> you know, they're your cousins, so you know you shouldn't have that fight or flight. And so for you to work with alcohol. You know, to just <laughs> get that under control it makes so much sense. When you said hanging out with my family, eating crabs and drinking beer, something happened to my body. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds so incredible. I it's like that best. nervous system it right now, <laughs> nervous system regulating, like cracking, like doing an activity where you're cracking and like chomping and like that yeah, sounds and just be- so and, like, my healthy. Cousin- well, and it was so much of Baltimore or Maryland people will understand how important like crab eating is yeah. and what it's like and all that. But like having my cousin literally have to reteach me how to eat <gasps> them 
and like catching up with everyone and all this stuff that was like, this is like the, what my goal, like, even when people were like, Oh my God, my culture, da, 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 and like a lot of things I don't feel ultra attached to. And it's like, that is my culture. So, um, yeah, that's so beautiful. Nice. And I'm like, so it's glad. funny, just like regressing back to like, I'm, 30 I'm gonna be 35 this year my cousin's like go get this okay go do this okay like I'm immediately five yeah like there were other five-year-olds and I was just like taking care of like I regressed to being like oh well I hang out with the kids you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah I'm a big sister also, like, wasn't minding it <laughs> adorable yeah I'm an older sister and I definitely will start ordering people around or <laughs> I mean, definitely my siblings, but also anyone who has like a little sibling energy. Also, anyone that anyone giving off enough of a beta energy to get told what to do might get some orders. I'm joking. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, normally I have like a few little roundup questions. Like, sure. Um, what do you think makes a best friend? A best friendship, um, I would say time. I think mm. it's really important to grow um, and to have someone witness your growth to see kind of, um, and then like really hard times and really good times mm, because yeah. it's got to be both. It's got to be, um, it, it's got to work in both spaces. And you see what that friend is like in good and bad like seeing yeah like my uh best friend back home was like sitting in the car with me during like one of the probably scariest times as an adult and what yeah. I would have had like no one that I really trusted enough to tell about like what was going on with me and like I will forever remember that you know what I mean? She yeah. was there with me doing that. And now, and no joke, yesterday, sent me a text that was like, I'm so proud of you. Everything that you're doing did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It is, it is definitely so much when you think about how, like you were saying earlier, I'm just like that person knowing where you were before and being like, you still think this because you saw me the first, one of the first times I ever did. You know what I mean? This. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was going to add something to that, but I it's lost. It's gone. Go. Next one. Wrap up. No, <laughs> you're doing great. Um, because the other ones I will probably um, save for if we get to have oh. uh, Alex on. Yes. Okay. So well, let me want to give you a time to. Oh, yeah. What do you want to say? Yeah, I did remember something I was going to say, which is that. Yeah. Go. When you're talking about being in a car with your dear friend and, and sharing like a scary moment from your life, I feel that some of my favorite moments from my close friendships have been when they have told me something that they probably wouldn't have told somebody else. They, they only feel like I'm the person and immediately taking whatever information that they thought was so shameful or so naughty and totally absolving them of it. Like this ain't anything. You got to let this go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a little bit, but also shame is not real. Shame is only exists in the person. And as soon as you mm. speak it, it's not, the shame is detached from it. 
And mm-hmm. as soon as you say it to someone and you can see on their face and in their body that they don't judge you, it's mm-hmm. over, you know, and hopefully that's yeah. the start of the, the end of that shame. Right. Um, and I've, I know that, you know, romantic relationships can be a source of shame, you know, the kind of the way you let people treat you in a romantic relationship and, or not the way you let, but the way people do treat you in a really can treat, treat you in a romantic relationship. Um, to have your friend back you up is so important, especially for women um, and men yeah. too, frankly, you know, like I've had a lot of oh, yeah. men going through romantic um, distress lately in my life. And it's so important for them to have me as a touchstone too and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of male friends that yes. are far more privy to like emotional, like even if it's just like, this, not, even if it's, you know what I mean? Not like to the point of physical, it's just like, you don't, you're not supposed to. And I feel like this is possibly a side of this for men is like thinking that relationships and even friendships too are just like, you're supposed to accept a certain level of chaos. Does that make sense? Where they'll be in bad friendships or relationships. And it's like, you don't have to spend time oh, sure. with these people. Yeah, what yeah. What are you doing? And sure. I feel like men are more likely to kind of brush that off or think that it shouldn't bother them and hmm. question that it does bother them. And vo- and I've had friends voice that to me and be like, yeah, that's because they're bad friends, dude. You're not supposed to be in a group text that makes you feel bad about yourself. Like, stop hanging out with them. Like, that is an option. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like that is possibly a side effect of toxic masculinity for them where sure. they will like accept, accept like, bad like, treatment. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad treatment and think that any negative of think the thoughts that they have about it, they should kind of suck up. Like they shouldn't be having, it's like, no, that's a perfectly normal response to that. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I'm not having, I'm not having those experiences with my male friends, but I I am sure that you are. I have a lot of of sensitive dudes in my life that I yell for, I think by accident. And then they're like, yeah, that's a good point. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? And then I get mad for them for some stranger. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's different ways we show up for our friends of different genders and mm. and what's needed um and yes as i said i you know invited a male friend onto the show today but my og bff is a woman and mm-hmm. i'm glad that i have you know both both you know or um you know actually many genders of friends <laughs> to right. to call upon because so much of the way we go through this life is gendered unfortunately um but and that perspective is helpful a lot of times, depending on what you're coming to that exactly. friend with and the perspective they can give in a scenario can definitely alleviate things or that's why, like you're saying, that's why it's important to have friend, a bunch of different kinds of friends. Yeah. yeah. So you have someone that you actually trust that, or uh, that you can ask about things and someone that you are like, no, these certain things are right or wrong because I know someone like that. So I already have a frame of reference for, you know. 
Whatever. Even beyond, you Insert know, gender, <laughs> even beyond, you know, I don't know, everything. Um, my friends. That's what I was saying. All yeah. kinds of friends, like in terms of yeah. walks of life that have different kinds of jobs, all yeah. kinds of perspectives that you can have because you're like, no, I have a friend that works with bats and actually they're really important. And just like, yo, sorry if that was the Florida reference, but like you can have friends of all kinds that give you. Um, empower you in all kinds of ways. I'm sorry. Were you imagining a bat related scenario where you have a bat friend? I was in which I also was defending bats to a third person. (laughs) Katrina, you really have a lot going on in your mind. And I worry. I'll, I'll be, I'll be straight up with you as a friend. I worry. I'm worried about that for you. But also that perspective helps because I'm an only child. So I don't know what's normal and what's not. Tell me, tell me if this is off. I need that information. I don't know anybody else's brain. Please tell me if this is weird. Um, Yeah. I mean, Katrina also like, I feel like everyone who knows you would never judge anything you say because it's all delightful (laughs) world of, I don't know. It's a delightful world. Florida baths. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that for sure. <laughs> it's a delightful world. I appreciate that. I'll remember that for sure. Um, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at Brie Pruitt ac- across platforms. It's Brie with an I, Pruitt with an E-T-T. Um, I am on And you're TikTok. about to be where? I'm about to be, in- about to be in See, yeah, Well, I'm about to open for The Artist is Present in Pasadena, California. Oh, snap! I forgot about that. You, you, you. So uh, after I opened for Katrina Davis's uh, fantastic art, modern art and comedy installation experience, (laughs) I will be in Seattle uh, and Tacoma on April 2nd and 3rd, and then in Portland for the week after that in various um, different bars. So you can check my social media and follow along there. Yes. Oh, I cannot thank you enough for doing this and for being patient um, in the intro. Alex, we love you. We'll see you on a, <laughs> another episode. Um, I, I will say on a former episode that Amy Silverberg did threaten to end her friendship with Danny Palumbo for having a droid. I feel like Brie Pruitt is a little bit more open than that, but we'll see on another episode. Wow. Um, if you... Um, want to tell anyone how much you enjoyed listening to this you can listen to it later this week on Spotify and everywhere that Anchor lets me put it at BF Show with KD um, and Apple too also and um, yeah you can follow me at Katrina Savad which is just Davis backwards S-I-V-A-D if you want to learn more about the show that Brie is going to be opening for me uh, this uh, next weekend coming up so Thank you all so much for staying and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Yay, breathe. Yay.